Welcome to Grand County Matters. My name is John Sanderson. This show is for and about all of the people who live, work, and love Grand County. It doesn't matter what part of the county you call home, I hope to have something for everyone. This edition of Grand County Matters is brought to you by Sanderson Commercial Real Estate. The name Grand County Trusts when specialization matters. Online at sandersonre.com. All right, I'm here today with Megan Ledeen from the Grand Foundation. Megan, you want to tell us a little bit about how you came to be in Grand County? Sure. I um, was one of nine children in the North Shore suburbs of Chicago. So grew up there. And in the 80s, uh, late 80s, I graduated high school and I went to University of Hawaii. And I was fortunate to go to school there and it was a wonderful school. But after I was done, I moved back to Chicago and I got my master's degree in accounting and was working for a company in Chicago. They also had a Denver office. So in 1993, I transferred to our Denver office. Um, my sole responsibility was um, doing expatriate taxes because I speak Japanese and French. So my job was to go to the foreign offices and do American citizens taxes over there. Um, it got a little daunting um, in the sense that I, all I was doing was traveling and it was a little burnt out. So in 1994, I came up here what, for what I said was going to be a ski season. Um, <laughs> attempted to wait tables for one month at Sunspot. Um, did not do a very good job. Um, only because I think there was a reason I was a behind the scenes accountant um, <laughs> over the years. And um, I also, within that time frame, uh, saw a job posting for the CFO for the National Sports Center for the Disabled, which is located at Winter Park Resort, and interviewed with their CEO, loved it, and was their CFO for 13 years. So as opposed to me being up here for one ski season, taking a break and going back to my other job, I met what is now my husband and we have a family <laughs> and stayed up here. Um, in early 2007, my predecessor, Catherine Harris, um, let me know that she was going to be leaving the Grand Foundation and their board actually reached out to me and asked me if I would be interested in taking on the role as executive director of Grant Foundation. Um, quite honestly, I was a little apprehensive with it because as we alluded to with the Sunspot uh, fiasco, um, I was a little bit nervous about that front of the house role. Um, and quite honestly, was really shy. Didn't like speaking in front of public, the public and really enjoyed my behind the computer world. But I knew I had the business sense that I could take the job but was a little nervous, but with a lot of coaching from then board chair Ron Nelson and Catherine Harris, who, by the way, led the Grand Foundation the first 10 years in an amazing capacity. And then now I've been in this role as executive director with the Grand Foundation for 14 years. So between the two of us, we kind of are the 
um, matriarch, so to speak, right. of the Grand Foundation. And through all of these years, it's just been hard. I can't think of going to any other organization. What the Grand Foundation does, and even prior to that, what the National Sports Center for the Disabled does and the services they provide are tremendous. And so I became a love of the nonprofit world. Thus, I stayed in Grand County and I have lived here again since 1994, so almost 27 years, and I'm loving it. Uh, that's fantastic. I think we met in 2008 or 2009 maybe right after my family and I moved to to Grant County. Yeah, I think that's uh, just one of the great examples of what the Grant Foundation can do like any community foundation um what we have what are called donor advised funds. And so at that time that I had met you we were in the process of marrying two of our donor advised funds. We had the East Grand Education Foundation Fund, which uh, the school district dissolved their 501c3, so we assumed their mission. And then we also had uh, the Sprout Foundation Fund, which was a phenomenal donor advised fund set up by Bob Sanch, who owns Devil Thumb Ranch. And he wanted to give out grants to all the nonprofits and the school district and the communities. Um, so with that, the Sprout Foundation Fund donated hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of equipment for the East Grand School, School District and specifically for all the schools, teachers, students, administrators, what have you. But we didn't have software licenses and that's where I met you. You helped um, the East Grand School District get all the Microsoft Office licenses. Not only Office, I think you got the main licenses for the servers and computers too, um, the operating system. So that is how we met. Yep, you're exactly right. I had been at Microsoft for a few years and they had this really wonderful program where you could buy software licenses and donate them or supply them to, to generally not-for-profits. And uh, we got a little special dispensation to be able to give a full set of licenses to an entire school district. I mean, I'm still very, very proud of that. That's You just don't get that opportunity more than once in your life, I don't think. Absolutely. And when you look, um, you know, school districts and schools in particular and rural communities really don't have a lot of the advantages, say, of other districts throughout the state or throughout the nation in more urban areas. And the reason is, is that the dynamics are quite different, right? So when you look at a rural community, they don't have the, oh, supporters or donors that you might have in a more populated area, so to speak. Exactly. So what what was done there was phenomenal for our district. Very exciting. Nice to be part of something special. Well, let's talk about let's talk about the broader uh, Grand Foundation. Let's talk about the mission. Tell that story for us. A pretty broad mission as is. Um, <laughs> the mission of the Grand Foundation is to enhance the lives of the residents and guests of Grand County. So as I talked earlier about my predecessor, Catherine Harris, she um, started the Grand Foundation and our mission the first 10 years and still followed through to today um, is to raise money to give out to grants to all the nonprofits in the Grand County community. Um, we still hold that as a cornerstone of our giving and the main corpus of what we do. In 1996, when the Grand Foundation was founded, Jerry Groswald, then CEO of Winter Park Resort, you know, he was getting inundated by donation requests from nonprofits in Grand County. And he thought there's no way that Winter Park Resort can sustain their viability. 
So he said, why don't we create the, um, a community foundation for Grand County and we can mirror it after our sister uh, mountain communities like Summit Foundation or Yampa Valley Community Foundation, Telluride, Aspen, what have you, and created a pass program, the Grand Pass program. And the proceeds of the sales of those transferable passes would go towards grants to the nonprofits. And that's what Catherine started up. And again, cornerstone of what we do today. Um, you know, jumpstart to 2020, what a crazy year. I could talk about that full, <laughs> in full depth in a little bit, but we have, you know, 19 donor advised and designated funds on top of that um, philanthropy that we're doing out of the past program. And what those vehicles are, most community foundations do, is that if there's a donor out there, whether it be an individual corporation or foundation that doesn't want to administer and facilitate their philanthropy, they'll ask a community foundation or a Fidelity or a Schwab or something like that to be that fiscal conduit for their philanthropy to the community and to the causes that they're passionate to. So over the years, we've evolved and had so many of those generous donors come into our community and want to give in the areas, say, of environment, arts and culture, health and human services. So we still continue that on to this day with donor advised funds. Designated funds are something that has come up Oh, probably in the last eight years, I would say, if there are needs in our community not being met by our great, wonderful nonprofits, which, by the way, exceed 180, over 15% of the total business base in Grand County, shows what a, a really generous, um, you know, constituency we have here that want to give back. But so there's, 100, said, there's we, 180 nonprofits in Grand County? There's actually about 188. And that's nonprofits, so registered 501c3s, as well as service club or organizations, you know, like sports teams or clubs or things to that nature that still have that generous nonprofit spirit, but they might not have that 501c3 IRS designation. Mm -hmm. But with those designated funds, we have found that there were needs not being met in the community. Um, so at that time, we created, I'll just give you one example. We have a fund called the GAP Fund for Youth. Um, you know, being such a, a recreation mecca, Grand County is, right? The families that live here, there's so many recreational opportunities for our children to participate in, but a lot of times parents can't afford all of them. And so what we thought was, why should parents and kids have to pick and choose? If we have all these wonderful things in our community, why can't we create a fund to help uh, scholarship them, so to speak? And so, you know, Nine years, that's actually nine years later, we've awarded out three quarters of a million dollars in that area to kids all within Grand County in the realm of competitive skiing, to soccer, to football, and those are just the sports. We funded the Costa Rica trips, the DC trips, um, years abroad, um, lots, um, lots of different things, but also helping our children that might have um, some needs, like if they have dyslexia, we've helped fund those types of things. You know, lots of different full spectrum, just out of that one fund. And so we have created eight different um, designated funds over the years, and they've really helped our community. That's truly amazing. I, I had no idea. I mean, I knew about the GAP Fund, but I didn't realize the scope of what what sort of funding you would put into uh, into use for that fund. Yeah, you know, and ironically, uh, thanks to the Winter Park Fraser Chamber and the Town of Winter Park, the GAP Fund um, got its seating or its funding from there um, initially because 
Winter Park and the Chamber over there run tremendous con um, concerts mm -hmm. pre-2020. Um, <laughs> amazing concerts at that venue that they have there. So what we would do is we would get volunteers to man all the bars at these concerts. We would get them uh, trained and tip certified to serve alcohol. And so 50% of the net proceeds of those bar sales plus 100% of the tips are went that's what went to seeding the gap fund for so many years and then we morphed off into our own getting our own funding whether it be applying for grants or taking it from our general fund or what have you so again another evolution of a fund when you look at a traditional community foundation they definitely have uh, donor advised funds they're very generous in their philanthropy um, i would say we're in our infancy state compared to a lot of the community foundations in Grand County pre-2020. Um, but we are, we are kind of that oxymoron of community foundations, I think. We think outside of the box. I really believe in us um, looking into IRS regulations where applicable for us to be able to support our community as a whole. And when COVID hit, it was such a hardship on this community, you know, um, a large portion of our community is reliant on the winter season. And for COVID to shut us down completely in March, the, the ski areas, we have two um, phenomenal alpine ski areas. We have four amazing Nordic ski areas. And even though those are outdoors and people feel much more socially distant with that, in the beginning of COVID, it was just unheard of that you did anything. So everything was closed. So our right. restaurants and our retail and everything, so we actually looked into IRS disaster um, guidelines and we created three um, emergency assistance funds for COVID for our individuals, our businesses, and for personal protective equipment for our county. And again, when I say we, I need to say not just the Grand Foundation, uh, the towns, every town in Grand County, the Board of County Commissioners, various individual donors are... Um, Mountain Parks Electric, there were so many generous donors into those funds. We were just, again, the fiscal administrator and facilitator of that philanthropy. And we were able to help businesses not shut down for good. And the way we did that was through, we didn't um, give money to for-profit entities directly. We just helped pay for their rent, their mortgage, their utilities when no revenue was coming in. You know, we help provide personal protective equipment because again, no revenues coming in. They couldn't even afford to reopen because they didn't have the supplies that were necessary. And then thirdly on that, with our individual um, assistance fund, we help those employees of those businesses and the people that make Grand County what it is. We help them via Mountain Family Center, which is our family resource center. We partnered with them. They took in all the applications because they're also our food bank. So, sure. you know, those basic needs can be met at one location. We just paid all the bills. So we paid landlords and we paid mortgage companies and we paid to stock the food banks. And then um, again, with Mountain Family Center or amazing organization that did all the work to make that happen. We just paid the bills, but it, it was really thinking outside of the box. So as a community foundation becoming from what you think is that, you know, cookie cutter template of what we should be doing to evolving to and adjusting to fit with uncertain times. That's truly amazing. I mean, you know, I'll just say thank you for all the people that you've helped who may not know exactly who to thank. The, the person behind the curtain that, that funded all of these programs. What, what's the status of, 
of these programs today. You know, we're it's December the 10th or the 11th today, and and you know, COVID's winding down, hopefully. Um, but what's the status of those funds? You know, through the winter. You know, ironically, our goal was, especially with the business fund, to sunset it and close it down um, at the end of 2020. Um, but quite honestly, Grand County just moved a little bit of the dial. So we're in orange, but we move with some red components, mm -hmm. i.e. we close down our restaurants and no um, in-person uh, gatherings as far as besides your normal household and um, lodging properties also are just, um, people are allowed to rent them, but just from one family. So with that being said, we have a lot of, uh, a subset of our businesses that are in dire straits right now. Our restaurants are closed to take out, or, uh, take out, carry out, or delivery only. And so we actually, just as of yesterday, are revamping the business program to help those restaurants. Um, again, having donors get in, give in, and then as far as their employees, what we're doing is we are um, purchasing grocery cards and we can help them pay for their rents as well. Again, with that collaborative partnership with our nonprofits, um, that is our goal is to always work with the nonprofits that provide the direct services because that's what they're there for. And sure. so if we can help be that fiscal conduit, that's, that's what we look for. So it's still kind of going with us. Um, most of the monies that the counties or the towns can put in are CARES dollars. And in order for um, us to utilize those dollars, they do have to be spent by December 30th. So we do have a few more weeks ahead of us trying to get those dollars spent for our community. And even more so through COVID. So Grand Foundation has always just been Grand County. You know, if you look at other community foundations, they actually tackle more than one county. It's pretty normal. Um, when you talk about Summit Foundation, you know, they do Summit Eagle Park. A little bit of grand actually over in Kremlin because of where Summit and Grand meet over mm -hmm. by uh, Silverthorne. Um, we actually took on Jackson and Clear Creek counties through COVID. Really? So in the beginning stage, yes. So in the beginning stages of COVID, we um, we help uh, Jackson County with their businesses. You know, rent, mortgage, utility assistance up there. Again, generous donors that we were the fiscal administrator for that. And then Clear Creek, their county commissioners came to us because neither one of those counties have a community foundation nor a united way to give that kind of assistance to. Um, so we're still helping Clear Creek County. They have till December 30th to spend theirs. So between our three counties, uh, we've helped over um, a thousand businesses thousands of residences or employees of those businesses. And when I say we, again, I need to focus on this collaborative partnership. It's not just the grant foundation. Right. We are the, the fiscal conduit, but yeah, we're still doing it. So it's kind of ironic. And then if COVID wasn't bad enough, we might've had a little bit of a fire season this year. <laughs> you know, it started uh, with the uh, Williamsport fire which started over in uh, Ute Pass over by Henderson Mill. And, mm -hmm. you know, it was a small little fire and then it grew pretty big, but it kind of um, halted at a certain point because of the mountains and the waters that it would have to bypass. But we always had it in our mindset. Okay, wildfires, you know, we had a really hard bout in the 90s with beetles, the beetle right. and beetle kills of our trees. So we know we have a lot of tinder here in our county 
And so the Graham Foundation, oh, probably around August, decided with the inception of the Williams Fork Fire to create a permanent emergency assistance fund for Graham County. You know, and ironically, we were like, oh, in case there's a wildfire, you know, we need to help people. Because going back in the years back in our very beginning, uh, we had one tragedy here with um, a situation in Granby in which a gentleman destroyed some buildings with a tank. And then um, there was people wanted to donate in to help. And at that time, Grand Foundation was so new that we didn't really have capacity to do that. So that thank goodness the Denver Foundation helped out with that. But now 2020, we're like, we wanna be able to help our residents. We have established ourselves, you know, 24 years strong and we wanna help them. So let's create this. Well, wow, October 17th, we got another fire. Um, the East Troublesome fire started again over in the partial Kremlin type area. And for the first few days, it was burning and burning an area that had a lot of down trees, a lot of dry uh, fuel, so to speak. And then on October 21st, that night changed all, most all of our worlds. Um, you know, within the span of hours, that fire grew 100,000 acres. And I, I get all emotional, so sorry. It's okay. Um, you know, it's emotional, I think, for everybody that was involved. You know, I'll just tell you a quick story. Let you collect yourself there. And, uh, you know, we used to live in Silver Creek. And a friend sent a photo from essentially the same perspective as our house would have had over the town of Granby with the fire on the ridge above Highway 34. And I mean, it was breathtaking, totally breathtaking. Never in the nine years that we lived here, did I ever expect to see a fire like that, that close to Granby? For whatever reason, you know, it never seemed like it would ever be that close, but it, it truly was a heart stopper for me. And I've shown that picture to a lot of people because I don't think, I don't think people outside the county or potentially people that are in the city and not in a rural area don't realize that the forest comes right to town and that kind of a fire you can hear it from a long way away and you can feel it from a long way away and it can wipe out the whole city in a blink. Absolutely. And, and, and I think we saw a lot of that, not in the terms of a city, but in terms of a community. So it ran up behind and up 125, Highway 125, uh, crossed over and burned a lot of houses up the 125 quarter, up the uh, 34 corridor, corridor, excuse me, thank goodness with our first responders and our firefighters that those days and that evening, um, it only crossed Highway 34 once at Highland Marina, which was mm -hmm. destroyed and all of the homes there. Um, it did run along the backside of Grand Lake. Um, a good friend of both of ours actually lost their house in Columbine Lake and they actually, well, our girlfriend Shelly was out of town, she was in Florida, but her husband and their dog came to our house that night and just sitting there and waiting and hearing him say, oh my gosh, it sounded like a freight train. He, our friend Jeff said to us, hey, from the time I got the pre-evacuation notice to the evacuation notice, it was nine minutes and that's how quick. So all he could do was get himself a change of clothes, his toothbrush, his dog and get out of the house and everything they had was destroyed. And you, that's just one story. You hear a lot of stories about our friends, our 
neighbors that lost their homes in the blink of an eye. And, you know, I think right now where we're at is they're calculating about 366 total homes were destroyed, mm -hmm. 189 other structures, so sheds, barns, things to that nature. Um, out of those 366 in upwards of 170 primary residences, um, we're kind of calculating about 25% were uninsured. And that has to do a lot with the Highland Marina. There was a mobile home park and you know, there were out of the 35 mobile homes that were there, 32 were primary residences. And most of those people just didn't have insurance, you know. Um, so on October 22nd, the Grand Foundation said, hey, we, we gotta do something. We, we said, hey, we have this emergency assistance fund. The amount of calls and donations that started pouring in the very first day led us to believe we couldn't just use a generic emergency assistance fund. So we created the Grand County Wildfire Emergency Fund. Um, and it was for both fires, but specifically for East Troublesome. Um, to date, so jumps seven weeks later, um, over $2.6 million has been raised. Um, We've awarded out about $300,000 so far of that money in the areas of immediate needs right now. Again, working with our nonprofit partners, we really focused in the very beginning on our basic needs, food, clothing, shelter. We also incorporated mental health within that. Mm -hmm. um, the way we've, I think we've all within the Grand Foundation, our staff, our volunteers, our board has had to get um, a fire disaster 101 to learn everything that goes involved with an emergency operations team. And we have an amazing county and we had amazing people come in from outside of the county to help us too. But they hit the ground running, got people evacuated. American Red Cross came in, set up evacuation shelters. They, ironically, the very first evacuation shelter in the beginning was at the inn at Silver Creek. But then October 21st, they had to evacuate that. So, um, Thank goodness for Winter Park Resort, um, Winter Park Mountain Lodge, um, between the Vintage and Winter Park Mountain Lodge, um, they housed um, most of the evacuees, but then they got to capacity. We had a lot of residents go outside of the county and seek shelter. Um, so a lot of those type of expenses aren't covered by Red Cross, because if you don't stay in a Red Cross shelter, so we help them pay for those sure. hotel bills, again, basic needs, and then started working with um, our Nonprofit partners, again, Mountain Family Center, can't say enough about them. In the very beginning of the fire, also, they were evacuated because their offices and their food bank and everything is located in Granby. And there was fear of it getting to Granby. I mean, it was, pre it was pretty much feet away from Granby. That's how close it was. And um, so helping our, our, our neighbors, our community that have lost their homes, that have lost everything. And so really getting them set up with Mountain Family Center um, with grocery carts. We purchased over $30,000 worth of grocery carts between our two um, grocery stores between Granby and Grand Lake. And there was hundreds of thousands of donations in clothing. I mean, the amounts that people from this community, outside of this community, it was amazing. Uh, we have a group called the Outbreak for Kindness and they set up a donation uh, distribution point at the Fraser Valley Elementary School. Um, and ultimately that had to close because the kids had to go back to school 
and then that moved over to the Annette Silver Creek. So that organization has done so much in helping people, again, that lost everything, get clothing and supplies. And now Mountain Family Center has a large portion of it. I'm, I'm giving lots of shout outs, you know, because yep. we've had so many people. All well um, deserved. They, they, yeah, so at one point we had three distribution centers, Mountain Family Center, um, there was one set up at the Grand Lake Center, and then also that one at, in the Silver Creek I referenced. And so they were at capacity for donations of clothes, clothing and, and, and personal items and what have you that our grand foundation offices took in 57 boxes from Patagonia, brand new down jackets, thermal wear, everything. And how we got that donation is one of the young ladies that lives up 125 who actually lost her home works for Patagonia. And so again, outpouring not only on financial um, support, talking about that 2.6 million, but the amount of in-kind support has been amazing. Um, mental health, we feel really really important because um, we know there's going to be a lot of post-traumatic stress not only in the COVID world alone but then couple this with a wildfire and people losing their homes so we gave money to our local mental health provider Mind Springs um, a large sum of money so that they could offer up to five counseling sessions for free for anybody who's been affected by the fire and that's inclusive of people that were just evacuated that's um, really amazing First responders, I, I can't say enough of our sheriff and our sheriff's department, the things that all uh, they have done, if they need any, anything in that realm of mental health, we want to make sure they were okay too. And and you just need to let me know, John, because I could talk about wildfires. That's just the immediate <laughs> needs. We know there's so much more moving forward. We have some short-term needs with debris removal and helping people out to navigate the insurance system, the building system. Um, we have people who didn't have insurance, as we talked about, how can we help them, right? And talking about a county that already had a housing shortage prior to this, to right. have 20%, roughly 20% of our county burned down, pretty big. Let me, let me ask you, uh, I'm not exactly sure how to articulate it, but you know, normally I would think the Grand Foundation has you know, programs and onesie twosie needs that come your way or to your partners. But in this case with the fire, I mean, it literally happened overnight. And there was this huge, this huge onrush, I guess is the best way to look at it is of essentially homeless people that left their homes with what was on their back. C can you just describe the difference in that response to, uh, you know, some single house burnt down instead of 300 houses at the same time? Again, when we talk about capacity, so um, um, the American Red Cross coming in, a great, a great organization, even the amount of evacuees, because not only the people that lost their homes, but everybody within the vicinity that was evacuated, it was thousands and thousands of people. And to see that, to see that mad rush of people that just left with the shirts on their back mm -hmm. and the the sadness and the just the fear of loss in their face in the very beginning was hard enough. So how can you help? Where can we volunteer? Where can we donate? All these different things come into play, right? Because as opposed to that one person that walks through your door that you can give them every bit of your attention at that time for as long as they need, this was an onslaught of people. And again, thank goodness for the emergency response team because there were hundreds of people that could help each individual with their needs. Um, 
But now going forward, we have a lot of people that have lost their home. And to be able to take these applications in, and again, working with our partners, because we still have amazing partners in this community we're working with to figure out where this fund can help them, whether it's pay their rent, give them furniture, um, because we don't give money directly to individuals. Community foundations does not grant money directly to individuals. We do it indirectly. So whether it be in the form of a scholarship and we pay the university directly, or in this case, we pay people's bills, we pay their landlord, we give them gift cards to furniture stores, to food, to grocery stores, we help pay their insurance deductibles, their legal fees, their debris removal fees, because whether you have insurance or don't have insurance obviously makes up a very big difference on the need, you know, sure. because hopefully people have good insurance, but we are discovering a lot of people are underinsured because mm -hmm. when someone built their home 50 years ago and it cost them X dollars to build their home 50 years ago, 50 years later, it's probably a hundred percent higher. And, you know, they're not insured for that per se. And so how, where can we help bridge the gap? And right now the county is working as far as getting FEMA dollars and um, having the um, governor and ultimately the president declare this a national disaster area. They're working collaboratively with uh, the other two uh, surrounding counties, Larimer County and Boulder County. Larimer County actually had the largest fire in Colorado history at 204,000 acres. We were right behind that with the East Troublesome Fire at 100, just a little shy of 196,000 acres. Um, and then in Boulder County, the Calwood Fire, while not as large, more densely populated area. Mm -hmm. So working with mm -hmm. those three areas, um, to get that national disaster declaration because that brings in public assistance and individual assistance and especially for those that don't have insurance because at 2.6 million dollars if we helped everyone who didn't have insurance i mean the money wouldn't even go through half and sure. so where we can bring in those national dollars to help with this disaster has become key it occurs to me you know there's people out there that would like to contribute to help people in Grand County, how does one effectively contribute money to the Grand Foundation so that that money gets put into, into use across the county? Sure, I think it depends um, which vehicle, but all of it can be done on our website, um, grandfoundation.com. Yes, we are .com, not a .org. <laughs> not sure, but I think the birth of the Grand Foundation came in the .com era. And when we tried to go get the .org, it was already taken. So, which is okay. That's great. That's all right. Um, it's just a name. Grandfoundation.com. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Grandfoundation.com. You can go on there. Um, we have a tab called Give, and there's all the avenues you can give in, whether it be through this wildfire fund, whether it be um, for passes, as we alluded to, that goes out to 100% to grants to nonprofits, um, whether it be we have a couple of housing assistance funds for our workforce. You know, there's lots of different avenues people can donate online or they can call us here at the Grand Foundation offices, 970-887-3111. Uh, Happy to take anything over the phone, give you directions where to mail. Um, we can do wire transfers, we can do stock transfers. So we can do anything to that nature so people could donate into where they'd like to help the community. And it's, it's safe to say with a community foundation vehicle, 
a lot of um, other areas, they talk about administrative overhead. And what do you take from that donation? Very uh, question we hear a lot. Um, when it comes to our PATH program, when it comes to all of the COVID funds, and when it comes to the East Troubles or the Grand County Wildfire Fund, zero. 100% of those dollars taken in or 100% of those dollars take, uh, going out, no matter what, how long it takes, because we know with the wildfire, it's going to be a marathon and not a sprint. Um, right. But we, we are not taking any overhead, no admin, administration fees, nothing. Um, and some of, some of our donor advice funds legally, we are required to assess an administration fee, um, but it has not ever exceeded 2.5% within our realm. So, which is again, pretty minimal, I think. Um, so people can rest assured that when they wanna give that it is going to the cause that they choose to. Well, let's, let's pivot from fires and COVID and look at the future of the Grand Foundation. Where, where do you see the Grand Foundation in five years? Wow. You know, I think just through 2020, <laughs> we've grown up so much and learned what we can truly do to help this community and our surrounding communities. I see us continuing our relationship with our sistering communities, whether it means um, fostering them to create their own community foundation or continuing to be that fiscal conduit. But then in addition, continuing to take in monies and or utilize our general operating dollars to turn around and fund the needs of this community. As we alluded to 15%, just shy of 15% of our total business base is made up of nonprofits. And um, sometimes that, that's a daunting task because these nonprofits do a lot of great work and there's only so many dollars to go around. And that's inclusive of all of our great funders amongst the state. We have a lot of um, foundations amongst the state that love to help rural communities. And so all of them fighting and buying for those dollars. So we feel like it's our responsibility and our duty to make sure that they're uh, sustainable in the way that we can be that uh, local partner for funding. And then also, I, I mean, I see us getting bigger and bigger. Uh, I talked about Jerry Groswald in the very beginning. He was the founder of the Grand Foundation, pretty much the CEO, uh, then CEO of Winter Park. Um, Jerry passed back in 2015, and he left um, a large sum of money in his estate to go to the Grand Foundation to create an endowment fund because we had not had one historically. We had a lot of restricted dollars, but not had a, a formalized endowment. So we established that in his name. So we have the um, Roswald Endowment Fund. And what we look to do is to double that, to triple that, because the more we can build our endowment fund, the dividends and the proceeds of that endowment fund can go out to larger grants and larger needs in our community. You know, we'd love to get um, a community, uh, not a community college, but a, a higher education institution sure. here someday. We have a great organization, Grand County Higher education that is run by a formidable retired teacher and um but what to have an institution here would be phenomenal we'd love to be a part of that in the future now that's probably way beyond five years but who knows and if we can be a part of that that's what building that endowment's all about well let's talk about one of my favorite topics what's happening with the grand gala oh wow so <laughs> This past year would have been the uh, 
19th anniversary of the Grand Gala. So 2020 would have been the 19th anniversary of the Grand Gala. And for the first time, we had to cancel our event. Um, it's a black, uh, well, black tie optional event that we hold at uh, Devil's Thumb Ranch every year. And we have 32 corporate partners at the Grand Foundation. And so all of those corporate partners get tickets to that as well as we sell that out to the community. We always pick up secondary beneficiary of that event. So one of our nonprofits in the community. And ironically, this past year, that beneficiary was the gap fund for youth. <laughs> so that was kind of sad. And then we, and we still did, even though we didn't have the event this year, we always uh, give out about 15 scholarships um, every year for graduating seniors amongst the county, West Grand, East Grand. Um, and so where, where does 2021 hold for us on? which would be the 20th anniversary of the right. Grand Gala. Yeah, we don't know. You know, I think it's contingent upon when we as the world can have an event with 400 plus people and do we scale it down? And that's been a topic of discussion. Could we do something just with our nonprofit, or excuse me, with our corporate partners? Or could we do something in the realm of, lower scale and I think it's contingent on a vaccine upon when we can do things um, so we hope and we pray and though it might not be at the same time frame which is April sure. um, we're hoping at some point in 2021 we can have a 20th anniversary of our grand gala and invite the whole community would be our hope and goal you know so that would be something that would be pretty spectacular. But that, that's that a event, very special you know, event. It, it can net up to $200,000, you know, and that that results into, you know, $80,000 secondary beneficiary grant. It, the remaining of the monies, as I alluded to, we give out 15 scholarships, but it also goes towards uh, our grants to our nonprofits. So I would love to bring that back. We did have our other event, the Grand Classic, this last year. Mm -hmm. little uh, less scale again outside though so people could be socially distant you know wear their masks or play golf um it, we didn't have the big dinner we always have but they got to play golf and they did appreciate that we are going to have that in 2021 irregardless just because we know that can be a socially distant event and a little bit later in the year more likely to be easier to navigate the rules at that time absolutely well, this is great. What else should we cover? What's what's if you could wave your magic wand? What would you have the world know about the Grand Foundation or your plans, your expectations? What do you what do you think we want to talk about? You know, I think that so when you look at Grand County as a whole, you know, we're about the size of Rhode Island. We're really geographically diverse. Um, we have many different communities uh, within our county. Um, but we don't have the dynamics that say an Eagle County or a Summit County has in relation to what we, if we had the philanthropic dollars, what we could do with those for our nonprofits and the services we could provide. I think Grand County is fortunate that we do not have a large homeless population. Um, yeah, we'd like to keep it that way. We'd like to keep it where we can fund the needs of our community. Uh, I think one of the things Grand Foundation could be really good at in helping with is getting more affordable, attainable housing in our community for workforce, for just everybody in our community.
community that is that we're lacking so much of. You know, like it, like most mountain um, towns or, or counties, we're over 50% second homeowners, which is fantastic. They make up the economy. They're fabulous um, contributors to our economy and right. to the makeup of who we are, right? Um, but if we could build more affordable housing, attainable housing, I would strive for that to happen and for the Grand Foundation to be a big part of that. So I would definitely look for that. Well, if we can find some developers that are interested in partnering, we'll push them your way. Absolutely, I think that, and, and again, continuing on with the other things that we're doing, but evolving even more beyond that. How much more can we do? How much more can we give out and make a better place and a better, better lives for people in Grand County by helping support the needs? That's great. Megan, thank you very much. Today, we talked with Megan Ledeen, Executive Director of the Grand Foundation, who does just amazing things for Grand County. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you. I think we have a wonderful team here at the Grand, County, at the Grand Foundation. And so what we can accomplish together is amazing. Inclusive of you just doing this for us, we truly appreciate it. Well, thank you very much. This is Grand County Matters.